and welcome to Abandoned Cart, the podcast we wish we had when running our own e-commerce store. I'm Adam, co-founder of Pink Leopard, a growth acceleration agency specializing in e-commerce. Uh, today, we'll be discussing how to create a marketing plan and the importance of getting it right. And joining us is Sarah Fox, brand marketing consultant, fractional CMO and founder of Fox & Fox Agency. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello, thanks for coming on. So we kick as every episode off with this question so that the audience can get to know our, our guests in a little bit more uh, on a more personal level. So what is the best piece of advice you've ever received and how has it impacted your life? It's a really interesting question. And I think actually the best piece of advice I've ever had only happened about 18 months ago. And that was from Professor Mark Ritson, who's a wonderfully uncensored marketeer. You should definitely listen to some of his work. And his advice is nobody cares. And it really struck a chord with me because when you're deep into your brand and your business and you feel like the world revolves around it, actually, nobody else cares. What they do care about is that they've got a gas bill to pay at the end of the month and not that you're launching a new website. And when you spend tens of thousands of pounds on a photo shoot, they don't care. They care that they've got to pick up their kids from school and they've got to report due in the morning. Um, and what it really made me think about is that what people want from their brands is transparency, trust, and little sprinkles of delight that breaks up the day-to-day -day cares that they actually have to give. And that's where our, our job as business owners come in. It's to join our customers on their journey offer them an answer to their problems and show them that although they don't really care about us, we care about them. I absolutely love that. And I think uh, I can take a lot from that because I've been trying to do um, a lot more on LinkedIn recently, yeah. but it is all about giving value to yeah. your audience that they really care about of what's that, what's going to, how can I complement their world and, and yeah. help them with their business rather than me talking about me, myself and I, that as you say, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that i really love that i'm gonna i'm gonna note that down i think yeah. it's a good things forward but yeah i like mark ritson as well he's um, mm. a really interesting guy and yeah very uncensored which yeah definitely <laughs> cool okay can you give the uh, listeners a little bit of a summary of who you are and, and what exactly you do yeah sure so i own a brand and marketing consultancy practice called ox and we offer fractional CMO services to businesses that are at that point where they're ready to scale and take that next step. Now, the flexibility of a fractional CMO means that one day we're working on your strategy, the next day we're coaching your marketing execs, ensuring your budgets are spent wisely for long and short-term revenue, and also being a partner for your business. And very often when you are at that point of scale, your budgets are restricted where you need to invest. So having someone fractional in that role means that you can have somebody who knows what they're doing, but you're not paying them lots of money all the time. But the most important thing for, for us at Fox & Fox is that we believe in our clients' brands, um, and that's really where the passion comes from. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, there's a lot of businesses that may not actually know that a fractional CMO might exist, especially mm. once earlier on in their journey. Can you just explain like, exactly what a fractional CMO would do for, for a, a business kind of earlier on its, in its journey, looking to scale and grow, but may not know exactly you know, yeah. what, what, that, what you can actually do to help them with? So when you're at a point of, of scale, you're usually at two to three years, maybe a bit older than that. You're, um, you've hit a certain threshold, maybe half a million a year, and you want to push past to that next, to that next goal. 
you have most likely created a team of people who have plugged the gaps. And what I can do is I can come in and help you relay those foundations, respect your legacy of, of where you've come from and where you're going, but create strategies around how to move forwards. So on a day-to-day basis, that could be uh, coaching marketing execs, which there's a huge gap between marketing executives and founders, and that's a whole other story. But I do a lot of bridging between expectations of the founder and the skill set of the marketing exec. I do a lot of work there with them and also helping them or teaching them how to implement the strategies that we create. But then other days I could be doing sales strategies or social media strategies, anything really that needs to move that business forwards and pulling it all together into one kind of nice, easily consumable service. That means that the whole team can be onboarded and learn how how to move forwards. Perfect. Thank you for that. And I suppose it leads me on to the the first proper question that I've got for you. And something you said to me pre-show is the main question I get asked from small businesses is, how do I create a marketing plan? How should a business in in this position that you can help with go about um, creating that marketing plan? Yeah, it is the most asked question I ever have. That and and also, I'm not a creative, so how how do I come up with creative ideas? Those are the two most most asked questions. And my answer is always, and it's a little bit frustrating, but it's always start with strategy. Before you even dive into a plan, you need to know who you're talking to um, and understand the difference between a strategy and a tactic. Very often they get merged. So you end up writing a plan on how to do a TikTok and actually you don't, your audience isn't even on TikTok. So it's understanding your strategy. So starting with the audience data, then looking at your target market data because very often that's not the same if you've been around for a few years who you want to be targeting and who you are actually working with might not be the same then you move on to map out your competitors in your sector as well as the distractions that are taking your customers attention again very often businesses will only focus on the competitor maybe five or six competitors that they are obsessed with and actually in the evenings when you're customers sitting down and watching the TV or feeding their kids or whatever they're doing in in their evenings, that's what's acquiring their attention. And you need to have a grasp on what that looks like as well. And then you can look at your market, so your opportunity threats, political, economical landscape. And then all of this information, when it comes together, it creates the key messages, campaigns and tactics that you need to use anyway. So start with strategy and then it will feed into your plan. Yeah, and I think as well, be super streamlined with it and robust with it once you've actually got that plan in place. Because I think a lot of businesses can have that bit of shiny object syndrome as well. Like you say, TikTok, for example, could be, we need to be on TikTok because it's the new big thing. But actually, if it's not going into the strategy, it's not going into Mm -hmm. the plan of action. Don't get distracted by something that's not really going to move the needle. Yeah, and, and, and as a small business, you can't be everywhere all the time. And you have to select the channels that are right for you and your audience. As you grow, okay, you can experiment with other channels that you wouldn't necessarily usually use. But at the time, so for example, let's say you're a a car brand that focuses on 60 plus males. Don't go to TikTok, go to motor events and put all your energy into that, master that channel, and then go on to the next channel as you can start to scale and grow. Um, because the other reason is you can't measure 
anything if you're everywhere. Attribution is also a huge issue within marketing. So if you focus on certain channels that you know will work, but it's where your audience is sitting, you can measure it, learn, develop, and then grow, and then move on to your next channel and keep on doing that really uh, methodically into what's working best for you and your brand. Yeah, I I love that. And it's something that we really hit home at Pink Leopard is being data-led with your approach. Because if you, like say, if you appear there in every way, you can't measure and you can't analyse properly how it's working, it's going to be very hard to reach that end Mm -hmm. end goal, not taking those steps that you need that the data is telling you. So yeah, 100% agree with that. It's a question to answer itself, but what would your kind of narrative be to somebody if they're asking, why is it so important for me to get my marketing plan right? When you get your plan, your audience engages and connects with you. It's as simple as that. Everyone in the business knows the common goal and can work together to achieve it. If you haven't got a business plan in place and it's not the right business plan, everybody's running around firefighting all day and your comms are disjointed. So no one knows what's going on. You end up with a deflated team and no one can understand what has and hasn't worked. So when you have your plan, in place it's based on your strategy and you go through the motions of following it and recording what's worked and what hasn't worked you're more likely to be able to learn from that in the future so it whether that's month on month or year on year you can develop and change especially if you're if you have an e-commerce business that's very seasonal you know that maybe in the summer months everything starts to peak and in the winter months it, it, it drops Having a marketing plan in place means that next year when you replicate that marketing plan, you can tweak the September, October months to to guide you through that kind of low reality and uh, equally out throughout the year. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I suppose making sure that you're constantly speaking directly to your audience, you said about engagement at the start there. Mm-hmm. And I think you're better off to be in a room where you're speaking to five potential customers rather than a room with a hundred people that yeah. aren't necessarily that interested. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to, to get it absolutely bang and, on. And that's when metrics such as likes and, and follows, it just doesn't work. It's mm. about being in front of the people that are actually engaged and want to be friends with your brand and purchase from your brand. These metrics that just make you look good. Okay, it's nice to have, but it, it means nothing and you're not going to make a sale from it. Yeah. And what would be the main advice you would give people that are embarking on starting a marketing plan? Yeah. So I always take it back to basics and say Excel is your best friend. Mapping out a marketing plan visually is the easiest way to understand it, the easiest way to consume it. And then you can dig deeper into that plan using other methods, whatever you fit. But if you can map out by month, and by campaign and category and, and platform, it's the easiest way to look at it. So what I do is I have a top line that is core opportunities, revenue targets, and key dates throughout the year. And then I'm able to add in whether product or service launches or sector events or seasonality peaks and troughs are in there. And then your next section is where you add your core messaging throughout the year. And then finally, you break down that plat- by platform and campaign. So that could be your referral tactics, your organic social messaging, paid media, everything that you could possibly do in marketing based on your strategy, obviously, um, is then mapped into your plan underneath. But one thing that I always say um, to 
um, clients is that add in a piece at the bottom where you can hypothesize what you think is going to happen based on your past experiences because it's all fun and games putting all of this information in but if you don't know what your you think your results might be and you can't look back to what you were predicting then it seems it's all very pointless okay and do you have any do you have any particular success stories yeah i was thinking about this and last month was black friday for a lot of e-commerce businesses, it's the most stressful time of year. And it's because you feel like you have to level up. You have to compete with all everybody else or for space, for it on social, on email. Everything's coming through to these consumers. And it's a really hard strategy to put in place. But I worked with my client last month and used a marketing plan method to understand the customer and understand what it is that they want from a Black Friday sale Mm -hmm. that isn't based on just driving costs down. Mm -hmm. So we had lots of opportunities to win and save. There were new product launches and charitable partnerships, et cetera. But most importantly, we created a community group so they could get excited and talk to each other throughout the campaign. It was a huge hit. And in fact, my phone was buzzing constantly for four days where they're all just chatting and being excited about what they've just bought, how much savings they've made, and they were giving each other advice and guidance on how to get the best basket, that type of thing. And that weekend not only drove brand sentiment, but the average order value doubled. Returning customer rate was 72%, which meant that it cost us very little to achieve a lot. And interestingly, we learned that our customers were driven by curiosity and um, gifting themselves. Over 50% of our orders um, included a lucky dip. The audience trusts the brand to offer quality. They're happy to part with their money for something random because they know that the brand is going to offer them a customer experience and not palm them off with overstocks and things like that. And that really drove brand sentiment even more because our community group was still open after the event and they started uh, unboxing their lucky dips and finding amazing things in there. So that drove it even more. So I think building your campaigns specifically around the customer and not just doing flat out 50% off, things like that throughout sales periods, is the most important thing to put a plan in place that really um, aligns with what your customer wants. I love that. And I think the piece around the customer goes back to what you said at the very start, that yeah. no one cares. Um, what they care about is themselves. And if yeah. you can really get into that headspace of what matters to my customer, what do they want? And you said it right at the, at the very start, going with the marketing plan of what do you want from this? Mm-hmm. And focusing everything around the customer um, and what they're after is going to pay those dividends in, in the yeah, long term. 100%. Um, and those metrics that you've just spoken about, they're massive. Yeah. They're absolutely fantastic results. So, Especially the returning customer rate. And the fact that it, it just means that the cost of customer acquisition is so high that if you can get 70, 72% of your existing customers coming back and spending more during that period, it's cost you nothing, essentially, to do that. And that is just by community engagement and understanding who they are to their core and what they want from you as a brand. The power of having a robust marketing plan yeah. strategy. <laughs> like, very start. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a perfect example to really show that the power of mm. it. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 
Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think the audience might be interested to know? From this subject, no. I think the most important thing to remember is to compartmentalise strategy and plan to, at, the, at the beginning, because otherwise it can become this master document that no one, that everyone's too scared to look at. It's too much information and it's confusing. Whereas if you have that strategy in one place and then you onboard everyone to it, to build the plan together, to understand where the business is going and how we're going to achieve it, compartmentalise those two activities, it's a lot easier to consume. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about bringing the different stakeholders in within the business mm. as well, creating with you. If you can get more people invested rather than going, this is what I've created and this is what we're going to do. Yeah. You need to do that to a degree, but if you can bring in the right people, mm-hmm. there might be stuff that you've missed as well and be able to really push it forward properly. So, yeah, that's really good advice. And on that note, actually, it's interesting to bring in, when I do strategy days, usually at the very beginning of contracts, I bring in one member of each department, but they don't have to be senior management of that department. So it could be a a packer or a picker from warehouse. It could be an accounts assistant Mm -hmm. because the information that they have and the knowledge they have on the customer is vital because they're packing the orders, they're ordering the stock, and they understand day to day how much of what is happening so bringing them in can really surprise you with what ideas they have and who they know and customers that they see ordering all the time. It's really like tidbits of information that's really vital. Yeah, definitely. And it gives them that sense of ownership in the business yeah. as well and, and sense of feeling valued. Yeah, I really buy into that as well. Yeah, yeah and that's really good advice. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us today. That was really interesting, really informative. And I absolutely love the example that you gave because when you can deliver results like that for a customer based on everything you spoke about, that's what it's all about in the Mm -hmm. long term. So yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. Thanks for having me. No, you're very welcome. And how can the uh, listeners connect with you, Sarah? I'm all over LinkedIn all the time. So you can find me on LinkedIn at Sarah Fox. Or if you've got any questions or anything, or you need some advice, I'm more than happy to answer anything. You can email me at sarah at bemorefox.co. Perfect. Well, thank you very much again. And mm-hmm. thank you, for everybody, for listening. And if you did enjoy the show, uh, please subscribe. Please follow us. Uh, there will be more episodes coming soon. And if you do enjoy the podcast, please kindly leave us a review. Uh, if you're keen to discuss any aspects of digital marketing for your business, uh, then the team at Pink Leopard are more than happy to help. Um, visit pinkleopard.co.uk for the contact details. Thank you again, Sarah, and thank you everyone for listening.